All right, Tim, we are live with the Appetite for Construction podcast. Well, technically not live, but um, you know what I mean. Technically, it's nice to be alive. I mean, I guess we could look at it that way. All right, Tim, we are uh, pretty excited to have our guest on today. Uh, he's all the way from across the pond, as they say, right? In in, in Ireland. Uh, it's Sean Carney. He is the managing director for the Iwish Foundation. Sean, how you doing? Hi, John. Hi, Tim. I'm doing well. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. Been a few months since we've seen each other. I know. Yeah, we got to meet recently in Germany, and you guys yeah. were over for the Ish trade fair. So, yeah, um, it's good to, good to talk again. So, you know, before we get into all that good stuff, um, for those that are listening and don't know, what is iWish? What does it stand for? What is, what is the mission of the iWish Foundation? So iWish is the International Water, Sanitation and Hygiene Foundation. And it's the charitable arm of IAPMO, which is the International Association of Plumbing and Mechanical Officials. So iWish is a registered 501c3 public charity in the US. And really, it exists to create and build new connections across the industry to improve water and sanitation for communities in need. So we do that through various ongoing projects and activities, and we have programs with host partners in different parts of North America and also internationally uh, connected to the IATMO offices and hubs in other parts of the world like India and Indonesia and Australia. And we're also a proud member of the World Plumbing Council as well. So we work with other partner organizations through that network in, in Africa and Europe. So we're right across the world and uh, we're supported through plumbing industry in terms of manufacturers, suppliers, labor groups and industry associations. And they provide donations and value in kind support to help us do our work, resources and tools and materials. And we're always looking for skilled tradespeople and volunteers to get involved with what we're doing and to um, to help um, on the various projects and activities we run. So we're um, we're excited to keep this work going. It's important work, and we are always looking for new connections and collaborations with interested groups. So you had mentioned that you had just gotten back from. Alabama, of all places. Um, tell us what you were doing there, and how often do you travel? I mean, you must travel a lot around the world. So we've just finished a new project in Alabama, the latest phase in our partnership with a group called the Black Belt Unincorporated Wastewater Program. That's run by uh, an amazing lady called Sherry Bradley, who's just moved from the Alabama Department of Public Health after Nearly 50 years she's been working for them, but now is running this program full-time to help provide septic systems and wastewater treatment systems for people in the area of Lowndes County. And you might be familiar with that area if you know um, the Selma to Montgomery March, which passed through that that area of, of Alabama. It's an area steeped sure. in a lot of history, and it's an amazing place to have gotten to go and work and to meet people and to work in that community. And so we have a, a team based in North America that run this, these projects and 
and support this work. And my role in, in joining the, the work last week was to help oversee and steer our, our project. And, and personally, I might get to do that uh, every few months. I might be involved in um, a project in the field. Um, I'm working on projects around the world full time, uh, which is a challenge and an interesting uh, role in itself because I go from time zone to time zone every day at one end of the day to the other. Um, so that can be fun. And uh, in terms of our Alabama project, we've been working with the Black Belt program since 2022, and we're continuing to work with them for the next couple of years as that program uh, is completed. Okay. So what you're saying is you're immune to all jet lag then by now. <laughs> I'm doing okay. And uh, I've, I've managed to get used to uh, handling jet lag, handling bad stomach, bugs, etc. <laughs> yeah, all, all, right. all the good, all the good stuff. And uh, yeah, look, um, you know how it is yourself being a, a traveler, John, uh, how, yeah. how these things are, but um, no, um, it's it's good to be able to travel and to join and to work in these community settings because there's um, been some fantastic experiences for all the team and our um, volunteers and staff over the years. And we're really lucky to get to do this work and get to uh, experience um, applying plumbing and skilled trades in, in areas that really need it around the world. Yeah, you mentioned projects in Melbourne, Jakarta, India, just talked about the one in Alabama. I know you're doing one in New Mexico here in the States uh, later this summer. How do, how are these jobs or these activities, um, how do you pick them? Because there's, I mean, there's 2.2 million people in just America without indoor plumbing and running water. So there's a lot of need out there. How are these um, projects picked? The key to any of these projects working effectively is always going to be a strong host partner and a local community engagement and involvement. So that's always where it starts. And we will be approached by different groups throughout the year with different proposals and different opportunities to connect. We can't do everything because we are a small group, but we have learned enough in the years we've been operating about what can be a successful um, connection and a, a host partner involvement and engagement. So that's always where it begins. And then a lot of time is spent to build up understanding and trust and respect with a local community. We never go in and come in with an agenda. We don't work in that way. We work on the need that's been identified in the local community by the host partners, and then we'll get to learn more about what local resources there are and what local skills and capacity are available. It's always important to bring it back to education in the local area as well, to bring young people into the activities to build up awareness and new opportunities and new capacity in a given area. So these are all the different considerations we have to make as we as we choose what projects we do. And based on that approach, we've had some good partnerships and strong, sustainable projects that have developed over the last few years. 
So one of the cool projects that uh, you recently did, and you know, Tim and I were were lucky to be on site and cover was at the Ish Show on the on the floor. Uh, you guys had what you called the Plumbing Champions, where there were right. uh, twelve. Was it twelve uh, plumbers, apprentices, like plumber slash apprentices, and then uh, from eight different countries that uh, prefabbed yes. uh, a, a you know a, a bathroom. Um, some bathroom fixtures, some toilets, you know, in-wall toilets. And then the, I think it was three days at the show you were doing that. All They were all collaborating together, all these different yep. countries working together. And then on the fourth and fifth day, I think it was Thursday and Friday, you actually took these components and moved them over to a sports complex in Frankfurt, Germany, which was, which was pretty cool. And that, it was, I think it was the first of its kind, right, at, at Ish? Yeah. It hadn't been done before at the Ish show. That's right. Yeah. So tell me about that, the process of that. And um, we weren't actually there at the very end to see the final product. How did it did it all? I'm sure oh. everything went out without a hitch, right? We missed you, yeah. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, it, it did go off without a hitch. And, you know, we were really proud of this project because it was something that hadn't been done before, like you said, at Ish. You know, Ish is one of the largest trade fairs in the world in this industry plumbing and HVAC and so to present something like this at the show and to do it with the full backing and support of the show was really cool and we had some great great support and goodwill through the World Plumbing Council members like you mentioned we had 12 young people who were all identified from their various um, organizations as being top upcoming talents and real role models and ambassadors for their various organizations around the world. And they came from eight countries, right? So it was a really nice mix of, of different cultures and languages and backgrounds, but they had a universal language of plumbing. They were all plumbers and installers and they got, they, they got on with it. And it was really nice to see like great, camaraderie and great um a a very unique experience for that group of young people to take forward and they would now have a a really unusual and unique contact network around the world whether that's for work or travel in the future and lots of good outcomes like that so we were really pleased how it went and we definitely want to do it again at ish We'll, we'll, we'll be talking to them this year, this is only two months ago, so we have this show is every two years, so we have a bit of time, but the time will pass very quickly, so we'll be back onto it soon. But to explain a bit about what happened at the show and what we provided, we worked with Eintracht Frankfurt, which is a, a sports club in Germany, and it would be best known for its soccer team, its football team. Um, they play in the, the German Bundesliga and they play in the Champions League, which is the, the premier football tournament here in Europe. But like a lot of the European clubs, they have other sports clubs as part of one large club. And Eintracht actually have about 19 or 20 different sports clubs as part of the overall club in the city. And that would be in all kinds of things from athletics, gymnastics, rugby, tennis, martial arts, all kinds of different sports. And so this was one of their local sports club buildings in the west of the city. 
and they were doing a renovation project there where they were turning a, a downstairs basement area um, into a large dojo, martial arts type space. And there were changing rooms there and we were providing the plumbing installation for the men's room and the ladies' room, um, new WCs, wash stations and urinals for the men's uh, bathroom. And so those were built at the show and then we got to move them out to the sports club and install them on those final two days. So it was a really, really cool to see it move from the exhibition setting and the trade fair setting and then be able to bring people out to see it on the building site in a basement in the middle of it all happening and for the young people to be carrying that project from start to finish it was really good to see and, and we, we had a lot of good feedback about it and good experience for everyone. So we want to do it again and uh, there'll be plenty more partners and, and, and social groups that could benefit from that kind of work in uh, Frankfurt in the future and that's what we'll be looking at from, from here. Hey, real quick, uh, you know, Tim and I, when we were at the sports facility, we were uh, – packing up and getting ready to leave. And there were a lot of older women that were coming into the parking lot. Oh, so really? I don't know if it was uh, like a Tinder convention or it might have been <laughs> like a, uh, like a, a bingo tournament or something. No, like well, well, look, <laughs> yeah. this is, it's used by the entire community, that particular site. Yeah, I know. It, um, it's, school, I heard it's like more of a, tours. yeah, like it was more of a boys and girls club-ish kind of thing. Yeah, very local, very, very um, like uh, this sports club was very local. It was in the heart of a neighborhood in the west of the city. It was used for PE class by some of the local schools. Yeah. So, yeah, your your tour bus uh, that you saw was probably <laughs> they were doing something there. And that was great. There was a real cross-section of everyone from the local community. It was really nice. So to be doing something in the middle of all of that was was really cool and you know yeah. um, a good a, a good first example of that project and what it could achieve in the future. Well, let me ask you: How did you uh, vet or come up with the twelve champion, the plumbing champions? And I'm mm -hmm. assuming the next one you do, it's going to be a completely different set of people. It would be, but we would look to the same young people and organisations to inspire and contact the next group that's the whole point is that we build continuity and we build um people who go through these, these experiences can mentor the next people and we keep growing it and growing it but they were nominated by their world plumbing council member organizations so they had some of some of them had done competitions in their countries and they were picked because of that and others were um you know, good ambassadors in their organizations and they were selected. So we left that to our partners in the World Plumbing Council when we had a great group of young people. They, they were excellent and they worked really well together. Well, we, <laughs> we met uh, Veronica. She's the only female plumber in Liechtenstein. That's what she says. Uh, and, well, um, maybe not the only one in the whole country, but um, I think that she was. That's what she, she said, didn't she, Tim? <laughs> she did say that, and we were we were quite impressed with Veronica. We had a chance to meet all the contestants, um, and 
watching them work together, as you said earlier, Sean, you know, they, they had one common language and it was plumbing. Um, it was fun to watch them in person. Um, Sam and Danny from Australia, New Zealand, we tried to, you know, get them to talk about the differences between the countries. And it was just fun for John and I to interview the contestants and get to know them a little bit better. But yeah, Veronica from Liechtenstein was definitely a, a, one of the, one of our favorites. Yeah. For any yeah, of I- your listeners that might not know Liechtenstein, it, it is a small country. <laughs> um, it might be a bit of an exaggeration that she said she was the only female plumber there. <laughs> I don't know. I'm going with it. I like, I'm going with that. I like that story. You might so, want to uh, get that the fact checker, but she was <laughs> she, she was the she was the only female competitor at the World Skills competition the previous year. So the World yeah. Skills is another group that we work with, um, an Olympic Games of skilled trades, and we had been at their event the previous year, where there were twenty countries represented, and Veronica was the only female competitor. Yeah. That is that is true. So in in Frankfurt, we had um, another female competitor from, or sorry, I need to, we've got to stop using the word competitor because they weren't competitors yeah. In, yeah. In, yeah. in Frankfurt. We had another female team member from Germany. And um, so, again, just building out the diversity of these, these groups and these projects is important for us too. You know, when we were on site, uh, the UA's plumbing director, Thomas Bigley, uh, we interviewed him, and he had said that um, he had said that uh, you know they 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 found value in in you know sponsoring this event, and they're going to continue to do it the next show. And then you know he talked maybe they would bring it to the, the U.S. and do it at some shows in the U.S. Is there any plans of doing something like that in in the states? For a project like this, it would work perfectly in any setting of a skills competition or a trade fair. So that's where we want to go next. We haven't had any concrete discussions about it yet, but it's certainly what we'd want to do in future years with some of our partners in North America. This type of approach seems very obvious for those type of events where there's a lot of resources and equipment and materials brought to a site for a showcase, but then they aren't used afterwards. And that's where, through iWish creating this project, we found a really nice link to bring the resources and materials and skilled people from a show or a competition and then connect them with a need in the local community. That's a really powerful connection to make and has great potential so that that's what we're looking at here and certainly any opportunities whether it's in north america or other countries other parts of the world in the years ahead we'd be looking to build this out and do more of this kind of work because it's it's crying out for it it's uh it's a great opportunity to do it so the plumbing champions project was it was that your baby can you take credit for that sean well i'm part of a team right (laughs) we're all we were all working on this together. I know. I wanted to give you a pat on the back because it was it was a really good. Um, it was it was an outstanding event, actually. Yeah, again, we're very proud of it, and to be doing that here in in Europe, we've got great potential with it. Um, we have 
future opportunities in North America. We hope that we can develop it too. Bringing across the guys, we had UA champions from the US and Canada join us and they they had a great time. They did really well. They they represented their their UA locals and their 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 um their families and themselves really well in, in Germany. And I know the young Canadian stayed on for about five weeks. I think he was using it to travel and, and connect with family. I don't know if they knew he was I don't know if they knew he was going to visit them, but he was visiting family in Europe after that after the project. So all that kind of stuff's great because that's what we want to see and we want to build it into just great experience for young people and make them realise that their their trade and their their profession can bring them on these type of adventures and experiences and it, it can be a, a really positive thing for them and, and expand their horizons a bit. So that's um, was a, that's always a great outcome of these kind of events that we, we like to see from Irish. Sean, are there different challenging from an operational standpoint, something maybe in North America like Alabama or New Mexico versus something in somewhere in maybe Jakarta, Indonesia. Are there different challenges globally? Can you just expand on that one a little bit more in terms of like what what are the, what challenges do you mean? Well, in, in coordinating with different on-site programs or the resources that might be available in certain areas of the world? Are, are, is it easier in some parts of the world to pull these projects off than others? I guess that's what I'm, I'm, my question is. When it comes to doing these projects in different parts of the world and some of the challenges or the differences we might experience, I think that we always have to look at the availability of local resources, the supply chain, the skills available in the local areas before we we move ahead with projects and then we know what we're dealing with and what's what, what's possible. Um, we've brought teams together internationally where we would bring a group and we would transport a group from one place to another and everyone stays together and we we're together for the full time versus if we do one in a more local setting, say in, the, in North America, we might have people traveling to and from the site each day and some come on different days. And so there's, it's always slightly different. Um, we found over the years that every project we do, by the end, when we actually implement it, it's always very different from what we started off with. It will always change. It will always uh, develop in the planning and the build-up. And so... Again, it comes back to who we're working with locally, the local partners and the local hosts and how we can put together the strongest package. And operationally, that makes it a lot easier for us and it makes it makes it a good experience then for everyone that get in, gets involved, that they come onto a, a well-organized and, and um, well-structured event. Well, then my follow-up question would be, if I'm a audience member listening to this podcast, I'm a plumber yeah. at some local in the West Coast or on the East Coast, or I'm a manufacturer that wants to get involved with iWish. How do they get involved as a local plumber or a manufacturer that wants to donate goods and services? I really hope there are a lot of those people listening to this too, because they're exactly the people we want to connect with. And you can start, I think, by 
getting in contact with iWish, you can find on, on our website at um, www.iwish.org, get involved and volunteering. We collect basic information from interested volunteers year-round. So regardless of what projects might be happening at any given time, you can send your information to us. Just give us some of your background and where you're based and who you are working with or what what's the what skill or trade are you um are you coming from it's not just plumbing um we we work with other construction trades and building trades as well so anybody that's interested in this type of work um, can get in contact there drop their information to us and then we'll get back to each person as we receive those but when a project comes up and we confirm a new event we can then approach people directly if we know that we need those particular skill sets or resources and then we can figure out how best to get that person involved in person so that's how we do it right now and it's worked effectively because we've had some really good people come forward so yeah i'd say again if anyone's out there listening to this and thinking i'd like to get involved in that whether it's working in in a local project close to home um, or traveling abroad to experience this as well Either way, just drop us your details and we'll get in, We'll get back to you and we'll, we'll go from there. Um, we hope to hear from anyone listening today that, that might like to do that. Sean, are you ready for the gauntlet of questions? <laughs> Rapid right. fire. Rapid fire, okay. No, I, I, uh, I just, you know, when you're not traveling the world and you're, you know, you're, I know you're a busy guy, but what do you like to do for fun uh, in your spare time? My spare time is pretty minimal these days as I've got two young kids. I've twin boys, ah. nine years old, so they're a lot of fun. And uh, my spare time more or less revolves around them, which is all good. Football, gymnastics, yeah, uh, lots of uh, adventures and exploring with uh, my young kids. That's my spare time at the moment. Okay. Twins, John. More twins. I have twins, 15-year-olds, and a boy and a girl. So it's it's, it's an exciting time of my life. <laughs> <laughs> Driving and dating and ugh. I'm not, not that far yet, but yeah. Yeah, I, I all, wish all ahead uh, of me. All I wish ahead they of were me. a little st- – I wish they stayed young for a little bit longer. But, well, uh, thanks for jumping on and um, – you know, getting to know you a little bit better and the Iwish Foundation and it, and its mission all over the world. Um, really appreciate, you know, spending some time with you today. Well, thank you for having me on and thank you for coming over to Germany and checking out the show last month. That was great. It was great to see. And we, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. And, and we're looking forward to uh, working with you on some projects here in North America, hopefully, and then coming year maybe i could say as well in terms of checking out our updates and just ongoing news from iwish foundation you can get it all on any social media channels at iwish foundation so uh, we we post all of our latest updates and stories there so if you're interested in following what we're doing uh check it out at iwish foundation